0: BLOB TALK RADIO It's Saturday, April 23rd, 2016 and you're tuned in to a special Saturday night edition of the Missy Show for your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and joining me once again is my best bud and co host D. How you doing tonight, buddy? Oh hello, madam. How are you? <laughs> you know, I I'm doing okay, but um I'm still feeling, you know, kind of sad for the loss of Sabar. Um for those of you who don't know, I think I might have mentioned Babar before, but um he was my niece's my seventeen year old niece's cat. Um and we got the bad news on unfortunately the same day that Prince and China passed away. Um yeah. I don't know, Thursday just wasn't a good day. It Thursday good day. was not a good day. It was just the whole day was just mm-hmm. not a good day, you know. Yeah, it was, you know, just sad, you know, here's that part, but then around 7 or 7.30, you know, I get this frantic call from my niece, you know, and come to find out that, you know, Babar had been hit by a car, and um, she discovered him. Um, I actually was talking about this on yesterday's blog entry because I just kind of wanted to do something dedicated to him, and originally I thought that it was my youngest niece who actually, you know, um found him and actually witnessed him getting hit by a car, but I I came to find out she didn't witness that. She actually just saw another cat chasing him. You know, that was the last time she'd seen him. But it was my 17-year-old niece who, unfortunately, you know, was coming home from track practice, and she saw him lying in the street. And my mom went out and, you know, got him and scooped him up. And, you know, they they were holding out hope that he was still alive because he was still warm and everything. But, unfortunately, you know, when they got him to the vet, he'd already passed away. So, just wanted to um, just do a little dedication to Babar and just to say we we miss you, we love you, and I know Boomer's taking care of you at Rainbow Bridge now, so you're with him. You know, you know everybody. You know you know how I feel about my Boomer Bear. And Boomer has gone to Rainbow Bridge and crossed over and everything. And every time we lose a pet, I just always feel like Boomer's right there at the gate <laughs> with his clipboard and his little pen. And he, he's just signing them in and said, oh, I heard about you. I knew you were coming. I've been waiting for you. Come on, let me show you around. So Boomer's the gatekeeper and the greeter. And I know as soon as Babar got there, he was like, oh, I know you. <laughs> you know, he, he's bringing me comfort. I miss him to this day, but it brings me comfort to know that, you know, he's he was that kind of dog so I know when Babar got there he was like, Oh, come on, let me show you around So he's in good hands. And see that, that gives me comfort and I know when I go and visit my niece tomorrow I'll also share that with her that you know, she's still pretty broken up about it. So I know that'll make her feel better because share you know with her, share with her, send her feature boomer and say as soon as he got there well he even before he got there, he would you know, Boomer took his job he takes his job very seriously. So <laughs> and he got the telegram that he was coming, so he made sure he got down to the front of the gate. And he met him there, and 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 right now they're all just you know having a great boys' night out. Yeah, and you know what, um, I I thought about Sue and and Bopper's there because oh, I don't know so if you remember. Just yeah. a year ago, it, not even quite a year ago, it was last May, I think May 23rd. Um, Bopper who was my mom's 20-year-old tabby cat, she passed away. So yeah. Babar is also with Bopper. Yeah, they're all there, and, and Bopper was there with Boomer waiting so she could see a friendly, familiar face. He could. So just wanted to say rest in peace, Babar, and we'll see you again someday, buddy. Yes, we will. Okay, so on to tonight's episode. Um, tonight's episode is entitled Finding a balance for boars, how to fix the wild boar problem. Um, this was going to be last week's episode before my finances sort of went crazy. Mm-hmm. So we ended up having to schedule it for tonight. Um, but before we get started, I do want to give out the answer to last week's pet, tri- pet trivia question. Since so we didn't have a show last week, we didn't get to answer that one. So that question was, which is heavier, a rhino or a hippo? think you might want to take a stab at it. Which is heavier, a rhino or a hippo? No. A rhino or a hippo. Gosh, they're both big. Um, rhino, yeah, they're both I'm big. Mental, and then it's I'm trying to get different. a mental picture in my head because I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Let me remember what a rhino is like. A <laughs> rhino, and then I'm looking at the hippo, and I'm like, ooh, okay. Um, I'm just going to take a wild guess, no pun intended, Um. I know both. I'm going to say rhino. And you're right. Hi. Ding, oh. ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Yay, I can use a piece of chocolate right now. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes, the answer is um, the rhino, the white rhino, excuse me, I'm about to start coughing. The white rhino weighs between 3,171 pounds and 7,929 pounds. So it can be anywhere between those numbers. So that's the white rhino, whereas the common hippo weighs around 2,600 pounds, and in extreme cases it can weigh up to 5,500 pounds. So the white rhino wins that one. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. a big animal. That's <laughs> yeah, a big animal. That That's a huge thing, you know. You get on the scale and you're like looking at your weight. you're like, oh, man. I <laughs> I just got a mental picture of the scale dial going up when that's kind of on the scale That's heavy. That, that that that's that's more than a car. I just <laughs> that's heavy, but 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 an animal has to beat the the African elephant. It weighs thirteen thousand, or well, it can weigh up to thirteen thousand. So it's got them beat. You know, I don't feel so bad tonight that I got on the scale. I don't. I don't feel. <laughs> bad. I don't. I don't feel so bad. No, no, I I might have some chips tonight. You know? Yeah, it'll never say seven thousand nine twenty nine. You know, it will never say. It'll never say twenty six hundred. I don't feel so bad for that little, you know, little little Debbie I had earlier. So I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) So there you go. I will not not beat myself up because God bless little Rhino. (laughs) You got talk. So. Okay, all right. Well, I guess you know what—that's his—that's his—that's his normal body makeup. So. Yeah, yeah. So he, I guess, he's within his normal range. But yeah. yes, he he outweighs the hippo. Nobody um, came in from me. Go, Ryan. Go hippo. You go. Now be sure to check out this Friday's or should, should I say next Friday's pet trivia question—at com. Links from information used in tonight's episode can be found after the show on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44 or on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash missyshow. Now on to finding a balance for boars, And let me just say first off um, before we get into the topic, uh, we'll be sort of using the terms. Uh, wild boars, feral hogs, feral pigs, wild pigs interchangeably because they're all sort of in the same family. And depending on what article I was reading, I noticed that they kind of all use that interchangeably. So for the most part, we may be saying boars, but if you hear us say wild hogs, wild pigs, we're still talking about pretty much the same thing. Yeah, this was this was, this was kind of an interesting because I you know before I mean of course I've heard about it and and and. My uncles and, and things like that would would talk about, you know, they had like land and stuff, so they would talk about the 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 wild pigs that would be on the land and things, different things like that. But I never, until now, kind of delved in and, and actually did some research to kind of learn a bit, a little bit about the wild boars and where they are from, and you know, their behavior, and and you know their characteristics and all of this stuff. And so it was kind of, that's kind of a lot of the research that I got, and it was kind of interesting to see what they have them and, and where their population is growing and the characteristics of them and how big they can get in the behavior and all this other different stuff. So I learned a lot about wild horse and a lot of stuff that I did not know and, um, before this. Yeah, I've, the only thing that I'm disappointed in is that I, I don't feel like I found that balance for them, though because the main question that I want to answer in the end, I I still don't exactly know the answer to the problem, but I guess first we should get into what the problem is. Um, I heard that they can cause a lot of destruction, um, but I I didn't realize it was as much as um, what they were saying, um, because they were saying recent estimates of the damage done to natural and agricultural resources while wild pigs approach 1.5 billion annually with heavily infested states such as Texas. Yeah, they're killing Texas. Everything I was reading about, they are killing everything, Texas. you know, everything that Texas, and I'm right there with you, I, everything where I saw anything about it or what have you, if I was looking at that particular um, topic, Texas is getting clobbered by these, these animals. Um, I was able to go actually found, you know, places where it's, you know, where all of the states and in kind of I wanted to, I was interested to know what states had wild boars and what states didn't have wild boars. And so I actually came across something that kind of gave me a list of of where the states where they are, where they who has them, who doesn't have them, and who's growing them. And there's 14 states that currently, um, from this article, this particular article, it might have been changed, but this particular article, there's 14 states that do not have wild pigs or wild boars, um, which is, I'll do this really quick, Alaska, uh, Connecticut, Delaware, Maine, Maryland, Minnesota, Montana, uh, North Dakota, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Vermont, Vermont, Washington, and Wyoming. So far, they don't have them. As of this article, there's eight states that have small, isolated populations, which is Colorado, Idaho, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, and Utah. And then there are there are um, eleven states that have large, well-established, and growing um, populations, which is uh, Alabama, Arkansas, California, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Louisiana, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, and then we have Texas is on there. So, oh yeah, because with Texas, they just by Texas alone, they say they have like 52 million. Dollars of swine cause wreckage every year. Yeah, I mean it's Texas. God bless them because it, it, the way I, you know, you read the while I was reading the articles, it just seems like it was one. Of, and I think I read this. It wasn't so much that you, if you have, you know, land or what have you, and and, and stuff like that. It's not that you don't have them. It's just you just don't have them yet. Mm-hmm. It's one of it's one of those things. Like you're gonna have them. So. <laughs> don't think you're not. You just don't have them yet. So that's kind of like, and it, it's a, like you were saying. I mean, it's it's it, it's kind of becoming a really not becoming. It is a, a really big problem for a lot of people in Texas and these other states, I guess. But Texas is the, the one state that I just kind of saw over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, I, I think that they've got Texas pretty bad, and I know I, I think California is another one where it's starting to become a problem too. Um, they were saying that the bulk of damage stems from the pigs rooting through vegetation and soil in search of roots, tubers, invertebrates, and quacks. The resulting chilling effect destroys agricultural land, disturbs native plant communities, causes erosion, and, as in the case in Hawaii, creates standing water hollows that serve as breeding grounds for non-adaptive, no, I'm sorry, non-native mosquito species. According to the U.S. Geological Survey, the explosion of disease-causing mosquito populations in Hawaii has had a devastating effect on the island's already declining native bird population. So they're, they're doing some stuff. Yeah, they're 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 tearing up some <laughs> stuff. They are they are they are literally you know kind of going in there and, and tearing up in Texas. Um. You know they they've got all these I guess different ways of of how you know I was trying to figure out what was their you know what are they doing as far as trying to trap them and then, and some of them were saying that you know they try to trap them and then I think they have like hunts and different things like this and and I even read where some of them were trying to um, euthanize them in the traps and different things like this so but they haven't really gotten one particular way that has kind of cure the problem or, or stop, slow it down, let's put it that way, I guess. Which I haven't, I didn't read it. I don't know if you read it, Jay, but I, I wasn't able to read it fine, find where they're actually doing something that's actually you know, eradicating them to the point where they're actually they get it under control. You no, know, unfortunately, uh, probably the closest thing they're kind of coming to uh, some of the states, they have like open hunting season. It's almost kind of like just anything goes. But yeah. even with that, it's still not enough to really get it all the way under control and because I guess some they say sometimes the hunters are creating issues because I guess they kind of lower the number in a certain area and so some people purposely sort of get them and relocate them in another place and then that kind of causes another explosion of them so it's just like and you, and, and you have to understand that these are like I mean I just think I mean it, it kind of scares me because the idea to think that you know you have land, and on this land you have, because I was trying to, you know, just to get them, I mean, I know everybody has kind of, well, maybe you don't, but you, a mental picture or you've seen a wild boar, but I was reading, was were saying that, you know, they can reach up to 440 pounds and even occasionally 660 for the adult males and can be six, to six feet uh, long, you know, and if cornered or surprised, they may become aggressive and can cause injuries, and they have these tusks, you know, it's like something that's kind of out of the prehistoric kind of realm because they have these uh-huh. that are like sticking out of them, you know. So I can only imagine if you came across one. I, just, I mean, I've had stories and stuff that, that, that my uncle and stuff that would, you know, tell me about the wild boars and things like that. But that's like a big animal. <laughs> it's like a big animal on, you know, to be out there on the land and stuff like that. So. I can only imagine, you know, the damage that they can possibly do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even though they say that as far as human attacks, they say they aren't common. They say usually when when they do attack humans, they've usually been cornered or they feel threatened in some type of way. And sometimes the humans are doing something to them usually when it happens. Maybe not in every case, but they they say it's not like they're just really, they will actually rather run away from us than try to, you know, take us on. Yeah, I think what I was reading, it's like they, you know, it's one of those things, like you were saying, they have to be cornered and, and, and provoked, so to speak before they kind of go and and do any kind of damage to you or would attack you, so to speak. I think they have to feel threatened before they actually, not saying that they're not going to do any damage, but, I mean, just damage to to human people. Yeah, but needless to say, um, if they do feel intimidated, uh, you could get hurt. So I I wouldn't suggest poking around with one or, you know, just provoking one if you don't have to provoke one. I think something I was reading was saying that just if you see one, just try to go the other way because, you know, usually they're, they're not really going to try to charge you or anything, but don't try to just go up on it because, yeah, there's a good chance you're going to you get stabbed in the leg because they yeah, were saying most people who've been hurt, you know, that they have lower extremity injury. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I was reading where they say, if the humans inadvertently walk, you know, between a sow and her litter or come to, if they feel like you you know, and with any animal I think if you're gonna they feel that like you're threatening their litter, they're gonna protect their litter. Any mother's gonna protect her young. So, you know, that might provoke an attack. And and so they also said that um, while pigs can run up to thirty miles per hour, that's wow. why you know they you know, they can jump over fences less than three feet high have climbed, climbed out of pig traps with walls five to six feet high. So they suggest, therefore, traps with 90 degree corners must be covered on the top because the pigs tend to pile up in that corner and literally climb over each other and, and um, in the corners and give you leverage for them to go over the top. So they say that you need to use it. a five foot high trap with no corners, circular or teardrop shaped, or cover the corners with the top, or cover the corners or top of the trap, so it's one of those things where, I mean, it's smart little buggy, but you know, because <laughs> I'm just getting, like, a mental picture seeing them, they get trapped, and they're like, all right, fellas, you know, everybody in the corner. <laughs> one on top of the other, until they kind of go over. I don't know the last one at the bottom, this kind of stuff, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, one on top of the other, but when I read that they could run, you know, it was 30 miles per hour, I'm like, that's fast as a car. So. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even know they could move that quickly. Yeah, I, you know, I was just like, what? Okay, because, I mean, I know I'm getting the adrenaline, and if something's chasing me, I'm probably going to be able to run a little bit faster, but I don't know if I can get 30 miles per hour, but that, you know, that, that kinda, that's kind of crazy there. But, I mean, it's, that's what they can do. And the other thing is it's just how quickly they can multiply um, oh, yeah. on this, website, wildlifemanagementinstitute.org, they were saying the wild pig's capacity to increase its numbers and expand its range is unparalleled among North America's invasive mammals. Females are capable of reproducing at six months of age and can produce up to three litters a year. Though the typical litter averages six, fowls can give birth to as many as a dozen under good conditions. Surprisingly, female pigs can breed well into their teens. Researchers have documented pregnant cows as old as 14 years old. This reproductive proficiency combined with an absence of natural predators has allowed many wild pig populations to double in as little as four months. Wow. Almost like rabbits. I mean, seriously. <laughs> or maybe more than rabbits. I, I know. But Yeah, they're, they're, so their numbers are growing. They are growing, and and geez, that's a lot of pigs. Um, I'm sorry, but that's a lot of pigs. And and just to, the idea, and you can, I guess, you could understand why, you know, the land would be so you know disturbed because you have because they're 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 steadily multiplying. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you have a a, a section that maybe one year was this big, you know, the next year, coming up year, you're going to have a bigger area of pigs there. So if you keep seeing that multiplication, multiplication each year, each year, each year, over, you know, piece of land, and then, they're, you know, they're there tearing up the land or doing whatever it is they do, you're going to have a problem, which they have a problem now. So that's crazy. And they're highly adaptable. That that's another thing, you know, it's just like they can almost adapt to whatever environment they're in. Yeah. not too many places they can't be. Not enough, and they love acorns. Yeah, They really know, love acorns. Yeah, so they are like, you know, being in the wooded area. Although um, mm-hmm. I, I did read, I don't know, I can't remember, and I don't know if you read this, Jay, were you, were, did you read anything where they were starting to slowly kind of get into the urban, like not urban, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. There there was actually an article that, that I found that I thought was interesting where it says hogs gone wild in Florida County threatened Halloween festivities. So there was this county in Florida back in 2014 where they were thinking about having to cancel Halloween because the, the wild hogs, they were kind of coming in on the urban areas in this, ne- this subdivision, neighborhood. Yeah, that, you know. So, yeah, they'll dig up your yard. It doesn't even just have to be, like, farmland or anything just out in the woods. Like, there are certain areas in Texas and, and apparently in this Florida area where they've been digging up people's yards, too. And in and, and this article, they were saying um, that they were ripping up the grass in search of food and desecrating sidewalks with their feces. Yeah, that that's – I was reading the um, – and it might be the same one you were reading it, but – In Texas, they were saying that they, you know, the pigs were, at one time they thought they were just kind of strictly considered to be agricultural and rural issue in Texas. And now, over the last decade, wild pigs have increasingly impacted urban and suburban areas of the state, including all the major cities, by damaging the green spaces, meaning the lawns, the parks, the sports fields, and by increasing um, increases in the vehicular collisions, um, causing damages to to vehicles and in some cases humans, they are now you know having to deal with it not just in the the rural areas but more in the urban areas of that and it's, of course you have more people you have more cars so it's a different kind of having to deal with it's not just the woods it's it's your it's your baseball fields it's you know your your parks and, and things like yeah, that yeah golf you know, courses too yeah I heard. exactly exactly so it's like becoming I don't know, because it started to make me think, and I'm like, you know, we don't live, like, in the boonies or anything like that, but we have a lot of wooded area where I live, you know. So I'm like, you know, I don't want to be sitting out on my, you know, on the back patio, and all of a sudden you you face to face with a wild boar. So I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, and then another thing that, um, another concern is the fact that they, can harbor certain types of diseases. Uh, They have internal and external parasites that are transmissible to wildlife, livestock, and even humans. And they say many of these diseases, such as brucellosis, tuberculosis, and pseudorabies virus have been the target of national disease eradication programs for livestock. As wild pig numbers continue to increase and spread to new areas, Biologists are concerned that their efforts to eradicate or reduce the prevalence of these diseases and wild and domestic animals will be in vain. So, hey, if they're around any of your livestock or anything, they could transmit some of these diseases to them potentially. Yeah, and that that right there could cause a whole other problem that I don't even want to start talking about. <laughs> that, I mean, that's so true. That's so true. And And can you imagine if, you know, a whole pack of them got infected or something like that and then transferred it over to your wild, you know, it's just, oh, my God. I just see that I know this is a problem right now, and and I know certain states, of course, Texas is is dealing with it and being a problem. Because I think I read somewhere where they were talking about they wanted to be able to, I don't know if it was euthanize them or it was something that they, but it it was sort of kind of considered inhumane or something like that, so they haven't really past where they can actually do that or something to that effect I'm not sure but I know they were even talking about potentially finding a way where they could be they could just be I guess like regular pigs. like you could just feed them you know we could just eat them or whatever you know but but yeah. of course if you're shooting them they say because of the bullet fragments you can't do it that way but if you are able to trap them and then just take them to a processing plant because there was some place I want to say in Texas or some state where they were talking they were talking about passing a law to actually like have farms of them like capture them or whatever and actually use them to feed the homeless people yeah exactly yeah you know it is, I think, somewhere, let me see, some, I was reading something, let's see, Texas allows hunters to kill wild hogs year-round without limits or capture them alive to take to slaughterhouses to be processed and sold to restaurants as exotic meat. Ugh, okay. And thousands more are shot from helicopters. The goal is to eradicate which few believe possible but control. So, I, I mean, I don't know if that's a part of it. I don't know about all of that. I just... I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm a lover of animals. I get, you know, that this is a problem, and there's some way this problem has to be controlled because it it's not going to go away. And I, and you know, and I, I that's the thing. What what's in. the solution? Was, yeah, and, we'll and see, that, that was what I was wondering because I was looking at some of the video of them capturing them and how they were treating them and like them their legs being caught up in snares and traps and all this stuff, and it it bothered me. And I know they're causing a lot of destruction, it's but correct. I was just like. Can there be some, I don't know, a more humane way? I, I think Peter was saying something about, you know, potentially like rounding them up and just like all taking them, relocating them somewhere where I guess there are no harm to anybody's property or anything. But yeah. I guess the issue with that is just the time, money, and resources, you know, exactly. and then you would have to have a very powerful fence to house all of these
1: animals exactly.
0: and then they still have to be fed. So I don't know what the answer is. Exactly, no and maybe idea. that's that's kind of where I think that's kind of where everybody is now. Because just from the research, there's no like you said, there was no definite answer given. So, because that right now there is no um um they they were coming out with some type of um, toxic uh, stuff called Hogs Gone. And it's a concentrated form of sodium nitrate, um, and it's actually a pork preservative. But um, and they say the initial results were promising, um, but right now I, that's not even an answer. So that's just where we are. You know, they, they're they're trapping them. Some people are shooting them. So you you got different different things. And I read also as far as whether it lives or dies is up to the person who traps it. Yeah. because okay. you've got these these different companies that you can hire to, like, come in and and get them. But we're about to run out of time. This was a um, very quick episode, but we will be sure to post um, all of our research. You know, I'll probably get that posted in the morning. But be sure to join us next Saturday where we'll be talking about plants and how they can affect your pets in negative ways. So join us. We'll be back on at our normal time of 5 p.m. Central, and we hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you for listening. Bye. Good night. Bye.